Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Or shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Hello, Neverlanders. It is I, Jeremy, the Spider Pan, telling you once again to take your pixie out of your pocket, sprinkle some pixie dust around, and then throw your pixie at Eric because he's coming with us. Hi, Eric! Oh, 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 wow! This is all coming from all directions. Wow, hey! Happy, wonderful first part of the week to everybody. Hope everyone is doing well today. I figure you wanted some extra pixie dust so you could share it with your wife for Valentine's Day. You know, I could definitely use it. I'm going to be out of town this Valentine's Day, so every <laughs> little bit helps. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that kind of works out for you then. Well, I hope you're getting to do something fun for the weekend for Valentine's Day. Uh, you know, just spending uh, couples time together. Yeah, and getting to spend some time with me. Which means I really need to get back to her as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, well, my wife's in the other room doing homework, so... <laughs> well, I don't know what we're doing for Valentine's Day. This would be the weekend to do it, but because it's Valentine's Day in Neverland, and we're going to call it Valentine's Day for all week, we're going to have a very themed show of love. Oh. Disney style, which, you know, Disney, Pixar, we're not really... There's a lot of Marvel couples I realize that we could have added to this list we come up with, but uh, we won't get into those because a Marvel couple, somebody will die and come back, and so they're weird. But we have brought together our list of some of our favorite of the Disney couples, Disney and Pixar couples, which we're going to get into later. Most definitely. Before that, though, we've got a whole lot of news. My goodness, there was a lot of things that happened this week, 
And then also, I've got a movie review. Guess what I went to go see? Um, I'm guessing that it wasn't Superman, the Lego movie. Yeah. See, there's so many great movies out there and some Oscar contenders, which we haven't really talked about any Oscar contenders, but who has that kind of time? Uh, I mean, you got La La Land out there and Hidden Figures, all these movies that people have told me I should go see. But because I'm me, I went to go see Lego Batman. All right. <laughs> I'd had that thought while I was sitting in the theater. I was like, wow, there's all these great movies out there. And I didn't get out to any of them, but I came out for Batman. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that says something about me. But that's, you know, that's the type of show we have around here. (laughs) We don't grow up. That's the best type of show. Exactly, because we are the best show. Right, of course. Let's face it. We know it. Not everybody else in the world knows it. But all you listen and you know it. And you know that you know it. And you can spread the word. Exactly, spread. Spread the word, spread the pixie dust. But uh, we have so much stuff, we really better get going. <laughs> oh, definitely. It has been a big news week. This is Gary Gnu, and the no Gnu's is good Gnu show. The only TV Gnu's program guaranteed to contain no Gnu's whatsoever. Never lands news from the Disney parks. All right, so this... Now, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, that it was coming and it was opening. I think this kind of caught me off guard when people started posting uh, some video and stuff like this. But the Rivers of Light premiered, I guess, Friday night down at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Orlando. Finally. I mean, we've been waiting for this since last summer. Yeah. I mean, this is like the final kicker before the full opening of Pandora, which we do have a date for that, which we'll mention later. Have you gotten a chance to watch this? You know, to be honest, I haven't because uh, it's just been uh, within the last day or two that video has been available. But we have been waiting for this Rivers of Light show ever since uh, early summer of last year. This was supposed to be the big summer nighttime extravaganza for uh, Animal Kingdom in 2016. Uh, they instead replaced it with a Jungle Book show uh, for a short time. But, uh, you know, this definitely has been a long time coming and it'll be interesting to see what that does for the park at night. Yeah. And a lot of people apparently really didn't like that jungle book show. They thought it was kind of lame. Uh, now I, I did see some video of this show, uh, and the video I saw was from LaughingPlace.com, and it, it does seem kind of slow and boring at the, at the beginning, but that's because you're actually just seeing them set it up where they run these lotus, glowing lotus blossom things out into the river area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once it gets started, it's very slow to start, but it does build to a crescendo with lots of colors, lots of water spray, some really neat kind of animal projections, some uh, interesting music. I didn't really care for the music that much. It was good, but it, I, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't impact me. Uh, but some really neat effects, some flame effects, uh, a lot of really neat stuff. I wouldn't say it's probably one of the best shows that I've seen video of, but I bet it's probably more spectacular when you're there watching it live. But uh, very cool, and there is some video if you want to go check it out. Like I said, at Laughing Place, if you go to YouTube and search for them, uh, they've got all kinds of different fun videos that they take over there. Oh, and Laughing Place, I've been there for a very, very long time. I used to post there under uh, the nom de guerre of... Uh... E-double-dub-ra-E-W-W-4, actually. You were the World War Four? No, 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 no. E-W-W-4. It actually harkened back to an email address I had back at the time. But uh, my catchphrase was, I need to go make cheese with my mind. It, it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and any of you who may be fans of Gru would recognize, uh, you know, any desire for cheese dip. Anyhow, I digress. <laughs> you know, one one thing, though, that uh, you can definitely expect to come every year, even if it's not a nighttime show, are the annual price increases 
for tickets to Walt Disney World and the Disneyland Resort. Yeah, and annual passes prices are going up too. And it's uh, the article we've looked at here. It says that they were happening on Sunday, which I figure meant Sunday as in it's already happened by the time you've heard this. Right. Uh, you know, we're recording before the 12th of February, um, but the information that we have as of today states that uh, price increases for the Magic Kingdom uh, are going to have a premium tacked onto admission to that single park at Walt Disney World. Uh, prices are also rising for their value in regular seasons, but the peak price for any of the parks is going to remain at $124 for a one-day, one-park ticket. Mid-tier tickets, however, at uh, Disney World are going to rise from $110 to $115. Now, uh, the, the Disney World annual pass prices are also increasing on the 12th. Florida resident gold passes uh, that have blackout dates during Christmas and spring break are going to cost $559, which is up from $549. Now, platinum passes with no blackout dates currently cost $649, but once this uh, increase goes into effect, it'll be $679. Now, as I mentioned, this isn't just affecting Disney World, it's also affecting Disneyland, which is my home park that I visit. Aren't they also taking away the ability to make payment? Well, I guess only in Disneyland you can't do a, a monthly payment. You have to pay it all up front now. No, at, well, at Disneyland, and this is all subject to change once Disneyland officially makes their announcements on the 12th, um, if you live within Southern California, you can pay for your pass through a monthly payment plan. Uh, one of the current rumors that's going around is that may not be available uh, once uh, these new changes go into effect. But again, we're not going to know that uh, until after uh, our show is recorded and possibly before we're able to post uh, this episode. Uh, however, what we do know for certain, though, is that one-day, one-park tickets are going to increase anywhere from 2 to $5, depending upon whether it's a value day. Uh, these are days that they forecast a low attendance. Tickets on those days are going up from 95 to $97. On regular days, it's going to go from $105 to $110. And on peak days, it'll range from, or it's going from $119 to $124. Now, those are the prices for a one-day, one-park ticket. The great thing about Disneyland, though, is you've only got to walk a couple hundred feet and you can be in the other park. And a lot of people like to use yeah. the park hoppers uh, in California. The park hopper prices um, currently for a value day is 155. That's going to go up to 157. For a regular day, it'll go from 160 to 165. And for the peak day, it's going to go from 169 dollars to 174. So if you're looking to go during Christmas or during the Fourth of July or Memorial Day, you can expect to pay 174 dollars for one day to visit both parks. Well, at least you're getting two parks, though, for that. So, I mean, you're instead of paying like two hundred dollars, you could pay, you know, one hundred fifty-five on a value day, and well, one hundred fifty-seven, and still go to two parks. You're 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 getting twice your money's worth if you can squeeze as much fun as you possibly can out of two parks. So you have to you have to plan this and get some perspective. Mm -hmm. And, and make sure you visit both parks every day. Unfortunately, one of the difficult things about Disneyland is, you know, it is very popular, especially with uh, California locals, and it does get very busy very quickly. And, you know, you, you really want to uh, take your time and determine if you really want to spend 
those two days because both parks are going to be very, you know, very good chance that they'll both be very busy. You know, especially if you're looking mm-hmm. for the, the the big rides like Indiana Jones Adventure in Disneyland and uh, Radiator Springs Racers in California Adventure. Sounds like they're really going to start leaning on those super fast passes. It, they certainly are. Um you know, and as we were discussing just a moment ago with the removal of the monthly purchase option for their annual passes, and we haven't even gotten into the prices for those yet, but uh, I think one of the reasons they might be considering removing the monthly purchase plan is um, it's easier to justify buying a annual pass to Disneyland if you're only paying $100 a month or really the price of a one-day ticket to Disneyland. Whereas yeah. it's a little bit more difficult to swallow paying, you know, $850 up front for those tickets. Yeah, yeah. The SoCal Select, SoCal and Deluxe Annual Passes, which are increasing between $10 and $20. Mm-hmm. And the SoCal Select and SoCal Passes will increase by $10 each from $329 to $339 for Select and $459 to $469 for SoCal Deluxe Pass. Oh, for SoCal. Uh, and Deluxe Passes will increase from $599 to $619. And when I say SoCal, that's Southern California, in just in case you didn't know. Now, the Deluxe Passes are available to anybody, not just people in Southern California. Um, the prices, however, for their signature... Uh, which gives you access to Disneyland every day of the year except for the week before and after Christmas. The Signature Plus, which gives you 365-day access to both parks. or And the uh, Premier Passport, which gives you access to all of the Disneyland parks and all of the Walt Disney World parks. For those three pass types, there is no increase. There's no change in what's accepted for those. So uh, it's just those lower-tier passes for uh, SoCal Select, SoCal, and Deluxe. My goal in life is to be able to get the pass that allows me to go to any Disney park here and then be able to fly anytime I want <laughs> to go visit one of the parks. That's probably the only way you're going to get a really good deal out of this. Exactly. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll admit it's something I've been awfully tempted to do, but that's an awful lot of money. <laughs> Especially for, you know, a family the size of mine. So Yeah. Well, someday, Abu. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of some Disney parks, Disneyland Paris has actually been in some financial trouble pretty much since it existed, and uh, a lot of people considered Euro Disney to be a failure. Uh, but the Walt Disney Company is is going to try to buy up all of the stocks and try to take complete ownership uh, from the original Euro Disney SCA, which is owned actually right now Saudi Arabian billionaire Prince Al Walid bin Talal. Yeah. Uh, well, he owns about 10% of the shares and leaves about 133 of the company owned by the public at large. But uh, they're going to do a share swap agreement to get to take 90% of his shares. Uh, and they're offering two euros per share uh, for all of the public. Disney right now is trying to get a complete control over the parks, apparently for some sort of recapitalization and trying to find a way to revitalize the park because uh, over the last year, in 2016, they racked up a net loss of 158 million euros, which is over $9 million. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, after there was terrorist attacks there in Paris there in late 2015, which did have a downturn in the tourism industry. Uh, so that was a really bad year. And so I guess they're you know by buying it out, they're going to maybe retool a few things. We don't know what all they're planning to do, but we figure there must be some big plans going on for Disneyland Paris for them to be shelling out this much money to just buy all these shares from everybody. Exactly. And making that kind of an offer. Yeah, and, and, and actually, does so. not Disney does not have controlling interest in any of their uh, foreign parks. So the, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch what happens and what they do 
uh, you know, with this purchase and just see what kind of changes do happen to come. If they're successful at this, I wonder if this could happen in Shanghai or Shanghai uh, eventually, because uh, uh, Shanghai apparently has not been producing as, as they had thought it would. Uh, it did have a good opening, but then it kind of tinkered down. In the coming years, if they manage to turn Disneyland Paris into a very successful park, if they might look over Shanghai, if Shanghai is not doing as well, maybe Disney will try to get a little bit more control over it and maybe see if they can boost it up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Or, here's an idea, build a park in Marceline. That's what Walt wanted to do. And and not, <laughs> uh, not too far from uh, Kansas City either. Really? Is that not that far from me? So that might be something I could, I don't know, drive a couple hours and go to? Perhaps, you know, <laughs> but th there was also a plan for a St. Louis park as well. But uh, again, I... Uh, who needs St. Louis? <laughs> Build it here. <laughs> I digress. I, you know, I do want to point out that with uh, Disneyland Paris, it's not a matter of being popular. It's a very popular destination and a lot of people yeah. visit. But uh, as far as pro being profitable and being successful... In those terms, it has had uh, difficulties really ever since it first opened. So again, it, it is going to mm -hmm. be interesting to watch what happens once uh, Disney has greater control. And hopefully uh, they can definitely make it as successful as our domestic parks here in the U.S. Yep, I think they can do it. I, I'm excited to see what they do. And then I'm excited that one day maybe I'll get to travel and go and see it because I really want to see that dragon mm -hmm. down there in that basement. Oh. I mean, videos are cool, but I want to see that in person. That just looks really cool. Oh, definitely. You know, is there anything else that you would wish for? Well, I wish I could have seen Wishes before it goes away. Yes, Wishes uh, is definitely going to be, uh, you know, we'll be saying goodbye to it coming up here in a, just a few months. May the 11th. But there's going to be a new show coming on May 12th. Fireworks shows are always spectacular when it comes to Disney. You know, I'm glad to see that Disneyland has brought back Remember Dreams Come True, their big 50th anniversary uh, fireworks show, which actually includes elements from Wishes. You know, overall, we can always get a good nighttime show from Disney. And so, yeah. you know, it, it's time for a change at Disney World. And, and definitely we can see and, you know, hopefully we've got something, you know, pretty spectacular coming down the road. Yep, and I actually do have some video that they put out on YouTube that I'll share the audio of right now. Happy Ever After is our newest spectacular at Magic Kingdom. This show takes our audience on an incredible journey in shirts of Happy Ever After. The show is supported by a beautiful musical score that we just recorded in London. Overall really good, we just gonna, need to tighten up a little bit rhythmically. Happily Ever After takes the listener on a musical journey. The story of friendship, the story of perseverance, of overcoming obstacles, and then ultimately victory. It was fantastic to arrange this and come together here with the orchestra. I think what's been best about this project is just this collaborative process we've had in working with the team that's doing the visuals. It's been inspiring. The stuff they're doing on the castle is something I've never seen before. That's been an inspiring thing in terms of the music. Right now, animators are finishing up the drawings that we've been placed upon the castle, bringing our characters to life in a new and exciting way. It's just fun to play with these characters in a completely different context than the original film, but certainly harken back to the original film. And our pyrotechnics team is designing a show that will light up the sky like it's never been seen before. I think the emotions for me is all those things that you felt the first time you came to Magic Kingdom. 
you know, the, the wonder and the excitement, sometimes a little scary, but ultimately just a profound sense of magic. There's really no other way to put it, and this is a magical show. The show is going to blow everyone away. We cannot wait to share this with our audiences later this year. Now, the odd thing, though, also about that is when I was in Walt Disney World, I did not watch the fireworks shows because I, I had no idea what they were like. All we knew is, you know, from the guy I was there with, my friend, uh, is that was a prime time to go and hit some rides. Uh. And he was more about hitting the rides than seeing shows. And I thought, oh, well, it's just going to be a really cool fireworks show, and I'm sure it'll be great. But I didn't realize it was a full experience mm-hmm. that I know now. If I'd have known then what I know now, my goodness, I would have been, I would have taken charge of that whole trip. But I didn't know what I was doing. I was first day there. I was just happy to be there, and I just wanted to do anything and everything. Uh, so, you know, I kind of missed my chance. Uh, but there's something I'm definitely not going to miss my chance to because I expect maybe by 2019 my life will be a bit more financial. That's my goal. Star Wars Land is opening in 2019. And wow, does that seem a long da, way da, away. Da, 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 da. And we're waiting till 2019. We, I, I'm not crazy about waiting that long, but if it means that they're going to be taking the time to do it right and to have it ready, yeah. then by all means. Yeah, and by then I plan to be able to afford the trip. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, it'll be fantastic. I was about to say something else that took a long time to build, you know. <laughs> Pandora of- from the world of Avatar will be opening at Animal Kingdom this May 27th, so just uh, really a couple weeks after the new fireworks show at Magic Kingdom. Yeah, so, you know, my birthday is May 26th, so if somebody wants to buy me a trip down there, I'll go and check out Pandora and let you know if it's worth your time. It probably is worth your time, though. Even if you're... I've never even seen the Avatar movie. I really didn't care to. But, you know, when Disney does something, they go all out, and it's going to be amazing. Whether or not you care about it, it's amazing. And and Pandora is in many ways a response to Universal's... um, Hogsmeade and Hogwarts and Diagon Alley uh, at uh, their theme parks there in Orlando. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Imagineers have stepped up their game to try and make this whole immersive world uh, from the James Cameron film. Yeah, I, I don't consider it to be a great response to Harry Potter. However, Star Wars, fantastic response to Harry Potter. Most definitely, and we'll definitely be looking forward to and seeing that once it does open. Yep, and we'll just sit and wait patiently. And I'm sure the Woloskis uh, from Skywalking through Neverland will be sitting in line for the next year. <laughs> oh, they already are. <laughs> exactly. In fact, I was just in line this weekend, so hey. <laughs> well, we've got some movie news and some television news. Your attention, please. Disney movie news. Julie Andrews is joining forces with Jim Henson Productions on a new Netflix series, and they're calling it Julie's Green Room. This is going to be the best workshop ever. Happy that. We're going to be learning about the magic of the performing arts. (laughs) His name is Hugo. Every theater ought to have a duck. It's time to start our acting class. First, there's listening. Super important. Mm -hmm. What did he say? Are you ready to sing your hearts out for Miss Julie? Fire up the bus, Gus. These kids are going to Broadway. 
My job is to make people laugh. Are you good at it? <laughs> Am I good at it? I don't know. What have you heard? All right, ready, everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, come on out. What are we going to learn today? We are going to build Mashup the musical. Everything in between. Awesome! Remember, every part, big or small, is important to our play. Best friends make the best team. We can do anything. You guys ready for your big night? Totally! Put it all together, we can do anything. Now this, uh, okay, from that audio, you can't really see anything. The There are some puppets in there, but they they are not Muppets. They look like kind of children characters. Maybe, maybe they're mm-hmm. supposed to be like adults, but it seems like they're students of the fine arts. And this show is a way for basically you're teaching children about the fine arts and about ballet and all kinds of different stuff. And... We were just discussing before a recording that we're not we're not really Alec Baldwin fans, and so he's in this. But seeing some of the guests in there, I mean Ellie Kemper, Carol Burnett, uh, all these guests that are going to come in and help teach, uh, you know, all the f- different performing arts and stuff. I'm excited. I, I want to watch this. I'm not sure exactly when it's debuting on na- Netflix, but I, I'm in. I'll watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Julie Andrews, she was Mary Poppins. You know, she was Maria <laughs> von Trapp. You know, there's so much of our, you know, youth and our childhood was watching her. And Jim Henson Productions. <laughs> exactly. And so, and, and she she herself has got a long history with Jim Henson as well. Um, she, when, when she did her specials in the 70s, Kermit was a uh, guest on those specials. <laughs> did you ever see her on The Muppet Show? That's what I was about to mention. Yeah. And she actually sang one of the songs written for those specials. Uh, on that episode, so definitely it's going to be good uh, and something we can share with with our young ones. Oh yeah, if if you have them, <laughs> I don't have any, but I am a young one at heart. So <laughs> now going from young ones to younglings, nice transition. There is some sad news uh, coming up next month. For the past several years, Star Wars: The Clone Wars animated series has been available on Netflix. Unfortunately. Uh, it will no longer be on that service uh, coming March 7th. Now, I've just finished watching uh, the entire series. I myself, you know, I really wasn't that excited for it until really the last couple of years. Um, I didn't think that the Clone Wars movie, the animated film, was all that great. That is staying on Netflix, however. But uh, once I watched that and started getting into the series and seeing really what it was trying to accomplish and the stories that it was telling, it, it really just enveloped me and grasped me and you know propelled me into watching Rebels. And it's just interesting seeing all the connections. And it, you know, one of the things I really like about the Clone Wars is it redeems the prequel movies quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah, you know, adds just that much more mythology and meat to yeah. what was being uh, done in those movies. I still have just a, f- a few episodes, I think, of season six that I need to watch. So I will, I will have to get to it and get to it with a quickness. I'm kind of wondering, because so far Star Wars Rebels is not on Netflix, but, you know, you knock out Clone Wars, that does leave a gap, you know, so to speak, to put Star Wars Rebels on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I wonder... Yeah, you know, it would free up some DVR space on my uh, unit. <laughs> that it would. That it would. So here's, you know, here's hoping that Star Wars Rebels is coming soon to Netflix. But we've been talking a lot about Netflix. 
Uh, let's talk about a feature film. Uh, one that actually just began production on January the 23rd, and I first saw this video uh, through through Marvel's Facebook page, but it's also on Marvel Entertainment's YouTube page. Before creation itself, there were six singularities. Forged into infinity stones. This is our first day. Here we are in Pinewood in Atlanta, and it's it's actually pretty unbelievable. Day one of what promises to be a year of fun-filled lensing. I remember actually going to see the first Avengers with one of my best mates from home, and I'd never have dreamed that I'd ever be in one of these movies, let alone playing Spider-Man. I feel like I'm on top of the world, because this is just mind-blowing. What we always try to do at Marvel Studios is we're building the cinematic universe, is look at the big picture, how can things relate across movies and across years. Avengers Infinity War is the culmination of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe as started in May of 2008 with the release of Iron Man 1. And it really is an unprecedented culmination of a series of films interlinked together, which at the time had never been done before. And for us, the important thing is making it all come together. We know they're gonna face Thanos. We've been setting that up since Avengers 1. How do you do that in a way that is unexpected, that pits the Avengers against somebody who is more powerful than anyone they faced and yet make them completely unprepared to face them? Well, tear them apart, which is why we did Civil War before Infinity War. As we were conceiving and, and executing Civil War, the end of that movie was very much a setup for what these movies would be. We always had the sense of that. Tony is not talking to Steve. The Avengers are basically a name with nobody in it. The world is vulnerable. Tony senses this greater threat approaching, and so he is doing everything in his power to keep the Earth safe. Thanos shows us why he's the biggest, the best, the baddest villain that we've ever had, and the most frightening villain that the Avengers have ever faced. The most exciting part is the incredible roster of well-developed characters, and it's gonna create a really combustible, exciting, massive-scale adventure. You know that we're onto something within the studio when we hit upon an idea or we see a piece of concept art and all of us in the room go, this is cool. And in Avengers Infinity War, the Avengers will meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. Because of what Marvel is, because of what they have done over the last 10 years, these next two Avengers films will be an event like no one has ever seen on film before. I don't think it really showed any footage from this upcoming film, but it showed a right. lot of footage from some previous films and sat there on set with Robert Downey Jr., with Chris Pratt, and with um, Tom Holland. But they're sitting there discussing that 
January 23rd, they began filming Avengers Infinity War. Yes. And from that audio, you get to hear the excitement. There's just so much going on. You're, you're like, oh my goodness! And this is this is what they've been building up to since you know, as Kevin Feige, Feige I don't know if it's Feige, Feige or Feige, Feige. Uh, but he said they've been building up to it since the first Avengers movie. This is the culmination of the like the last, golly, like you know, ten years, I guess, since Iron even Iron Man was what 2006. Uh, eight years, uh, 2008. 2008. It's been building up, so it'll it will be ten years probably by the time this comes out. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, more than. So, but I, I, golly, I'm I'm so buzzed about this. I'm I don't even know exactly what they're doing after this because this is big. I mean, this is Thanos and this is the Infinity Stones. This is years worth of stuff coming together. I have no idea where they go from there, but I'm sure it'll be equally exciting. But this is it. They're filming it right now. That's just really cool. Yeah, definitely. If th- This certainly helped me get more excited for uh, what's coming. I just recently got to finish watching um, Doctor Strange. Great movie. And and so, you know, that's just catapulting, you know, me even further into all things Marvel. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Homecoming, and Black Panther later this year. And they're mm-hmm. just rushing headlong into everything that... Uh, the Infinity War represents, you know, and as uh, they mentioned, you know, you had to break the Avengers down with Civil War in order to build them back up and come together for the Infinity War. Oh, and I, I can't wait to see what sort of tie-ins they might even do for like uh, Agents of Shield, because how can they not do something right before the movie comes out, like they've done with Avengers movies? There's usually something in the series. Uh, that will kind of open things up. I, I really loved that the episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right before Avengers Age of Ultron set up that opening scene where the Avengers come and, and wipe out Hydra. So I'm, I'm waiting to see how that connects. Well, I, I just hope that they learn that Phil Coulson is still with the living. <laughs> well, that wouldn't that be something? <laughs> that would be very, very cool. Uh, oh, wait, we have some other news. We get to talk about some toys. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, Hasbro's actually released some images of upcoming figures from Spider-Man Homecoming. You know, and you get our typical, okay, there's Spider-Man in a spider suit, there's another spider suit, and wait a second, is that Scarlet Spider? Yeah, it looks just like Scarlet Spider, but apparently it's the pre-Tony Stark costume. Yes, you know, uh, it's gonna what have... a tribute! Oh, definitely, you know, it is Peter Parker in the red leotard with a blue... A uh, sweatshirt with armhole arms cut out. Yeah, we also got a pretty good look at the vulture, but we don't care. It's it's the Scarlet Spider outfit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I do care about a vulture, and they do have some pretty impressive wingspans uh, parts of the figure. I mean it looks this is part of the Marvel Legends line, so this is highly detailed, lots of articulation. These are so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, just so long as it's not Ben Riley that's in the suit. <laughs> would be interesting if they get far enough to where they could... No, I don't want them to ever touch the Clone Saga at all in a movie. Please just don't. <laughs> no more clone stuff. I, I can't even handle it in the comics. It gets so bad. This wasn't the only big uh, bit of news that was released mm-hmm. this week mm-hmm. as far as toys or games. Mm-hmm. Visceral, who apparently... Uh, I guess they were the ones that were working on something that was called Star Wars 1313 that uh, has since gone by the wayside, has been working... On a Han Solo game! So it's, it's a big Star Wars game for 2018 on PS4, Xbox One, and the PC. You know, this is supposed to be an open world game. It is being produced by... Uh, oh, I, I just lost her name, but the woman who 
uh, was the story development on all the Uncharted games. Uh, yeah, this has been a collaboration between uh, you know, behind some of the minds behind Assassin's Creed, Dead Space, and of course mm-hmm. Uncharted. They're all together to make these. And yeah, I, uh, Amy Hennig is the name you're looking for, who's who's a creative lead for uh, Uncharted. And that gets me very excited. I love the Uncharted games. Assassin's Creed, not so much. Dead Space, I've only played a demo or two. Uh, and I wasn't that excited about it, but I think if I sat down on Dead Space, I might like that kind of thing. But, oh my gosh! Uh, but this isn't necessarily, like, a, a complete straight-upon solo, but we know he's involved in it. Uh, but there, there was a concept mm-hmm. trailer shown at E3 2016, and yet somehow or another, I have not known it. This has been in development for, like, three years. But I guess in the concept trailer that you see your main character that's going to visit, visit the Mos Eisley Cantina, and in that game, and it takes place during the reign of Palpatine's empire. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, but, but not with Force Awakens. But apparently, you know, they're they're talking big news of Han Solo being in this. So I don't know if he's a major character. I don't know if at any point you ever get to play as Han Solo. But how cool would that be? But it's coming. Oh, definitely. This year, there will be. It is saying that it might possibly actually be a Han Solo game. There's been rumors because, you know, we do have a, a movie coming with him, so it would be nice to kind of tie it together. But, you know, we mm-hmm. we don't know exactly for sure. All we know, new Star Wars game. The developers are saying it's not directly tied to the Han Solo movie that's coming out, but it, it's still definitely a part of the Star Wars universe and set, you know, relatively close to... Uh, a new hope. Mm-hmm. So here it comes. Get ready, folks. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. Ah. The Neverland Trailer Park. Okay, now it's time to visit in the trailer park. And uh, the funny thing is, is most of what I'm sharing isn't really a trailer. In fact, this was a Super Bowl spot, and they really uh, didn't give us a lot of dialogue or anything to work with, and it's just music, so we're not going to play the audio for this. But Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And I, I did make sure I take the time to go onto YouTube and watch the extended, because they just showed a little bit during the Super Bowl, but the extended has so much more. And they made a great choice to use uh, a Johnny Cash rendition of Ain't No Grave gonna, you know, or, yeah, Ain't No Grave, I guess, is the name of the, the song. Uh, and it really fits the theming here of all of these uh, dead ghost pirates coming in, which, to me, is really almost like getting back to their roots. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely back to you know, some of the conceits of the first movie. So it's interesting when you see this new pirate captain coming up behind Barbosa. Which Barbosa looks very cool. He's got a his more of a some like a privateer look. I think somebody had mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still continuing on from his appearance in um, on Stranger Tides. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I I did have to think. You know, was that Becky at the very beginning? That that dead bird. <laughs> maybe it was maybe it was hmm. but you know it, it's it's definitely good and this is our first uh, look at Jack Sparrow in this movie covered in mud very much so really isn't that surprising for Jack Sparrow yeah and Will Turner looking like he's covered in a few barnacles yeah starting to get that Davy Jones look himself Mm-hmm. so maybe they'll find a way to get him off of uh, the, that ship the Flying Dutchman all right, but the next thing on our list is Ninjago. 
conquer Ninjago? Oh, I'll be waiting. Dad. Sorry? What was that last thing you said? What? That last part. I didn't catch it. Well, I, I, I didn't say anything. What do you mean? I didn't. What, I, I said I'll be waiting and then I stopped talking. Dad. Le Lloyd? That's right. Your son. And it's Lloyd. No. L L O Y D. I named you. You ruined my life! Pfft. That's not true. I haven't even been a part of your life. How could I ruin it? I wasn't even there. Baby, now we got bad luck. You know it used to be bad love. I've taken a Solomon to form the secret ninja force. Are you ready to risk your life for Ninjago? Yes, I am on it. Yeah. Yep. Maybe. Run! I'm stuck! I know you want me to save myself, so I'll go now. I promise I'll never forget you! I didn't ask you to promise that! Come back! Hello? Who is this? Lloyd Garmadon, your son. Oh, I must have butt-dialed you. <sighs> It's okay, Lloyd. Nobody's parents are perfect. I mean, my mom is weird and collects seashells. Your dad levels cities and attacks innocent people. So, they've all got their quirks, you know? Unfortunately, I'm not overly familiar with the Ninjago line, but apparently it involves ninjas, and this movie is going to involve Jackie Chan. Awesome. So, you know, whether it, uh, like uh, the Batman movie, is going to have external references uh, remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, this could just, uh, again, be a good, fun uh, movie to go out and watch with the kids. These Lego movies are just really stepping up, which we're going to talk about that later. Uh, they're just fun. And they've, they've realized when making these movies that these are toys. So it's got to be, you know, it's like playing with toys. And it's a lot of fun watching these characters do stuff. I mean, I know there's been an animated series of Ninjago. I haven't watched it. It, it doesn't look like you need to have watched the animated series to enjoy what they're doing in this film. Right. So it definitely it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned Olivia Munn was in this as well. And uh, mm -hmm. Dave Franco, James Franco's brother. Yeah. But either way, this is good. It looks a lot of fun. I think they did a really good job with this trailer of uh, just kind of introducing people to the world. Because I don't know if as many people are, are as familiar with the specific Ninjago line. Because we know Legos, but, you know. And it's it's still one of those. I remember when this line came out, I was like, oh, how cheesy. It's Ninja Go. I mean, come on. But. This looks like a lot of fun. Oh, most definitely. There's one thing I wonder about ninjas. Do you think they've learned the way of the Iron Fist? Hi, I'm Danny Rand. I've uh, been away a long time. Let's go. You don't belong here. I I'm Danny Rand. Guys, I Dude. just want to talk. I left here 10 years old in a jet with my parents. I became the lone survivor. Danny Rand, back from the dead. Why has he waited this long to show up? 
How the hell did he learn martial arts? Where'd you train? Kunlun. My father instilled in me a love and respect for this company that has never faded. This is my home. Rand is my company. This city is no place for Danny Rand. We put in practice and discipline. No giving up, no giving in. We're Danny, what happened to you? Why are you really back here? Some bad people have gotten on the inside. Criminals. I know what they are, what they can do. To fight them, we need someone with special skills. I've been training my whole life for this. This is my destiny. It's time. I'm going with you. No, you're not. You need me. The change is coming, Danny. Become what you were meant to be. I am the Iron Fist. The hell does that mean? So this isn't really a movie. This is a Netflix trailer. For and I'm still I'm I, I will admit I'm really behind. I haven't gotten to watch Luke Cage yet, but I got to go watch Clone Wars some more. Well, I'm I'm still in Daredevil season two. So oh yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of good stuff. I don't always get to binge watch. I'm a college student and trying to work full time. It happens. So mm-hmm. I'm a bit behind. So but this shows uh, Danny Rand has returned to America after having been lost as a child out in Wolverhampton. Uh, the name of the place that he's <laughs> got lost. Yeah, <laughs> where he learns Kung Fu. And uh, the way they present this, it looks like it's a bit further into the series that will, he will be given the title and the power of the Iron Fist, which it's very interesting how they have done this this effect uh, where it looks like his fist just kind of glows yellow. I, I expected actually to see more of a, a flame look, but maybe this isn't the final effects that we get to see in the trailer. So maybe by the time this release, we will see his face kind of have that, or his fist rather have sort of almost that flamey smoky kind of look as he calls upon whatever powers to give him the iron mm-hmm. fist. Don't know, but yeah. uh, we did recognize the villain. I cannot think of the actor's name, but it, lo- it looks to me like the guy who played Faramir in Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. I didn't notice that. What I noticed is that it did harken back to uh, one of the Kabbalah villains from the first Daredevil series. I, I believe that's Rosario Dawson, who's been in uh, that yep. was in the first season of Daredevil. Uh, mm-hmm. Also has a part in the Lego Batman movie as Barbara Gordon, which I'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, one thing though, I we've gotten to see that he's got the dragon tattoo on his chest. I want to see some sort of version of his costume. Oh yeah. I will be disappointed if they don't get him into it. And I expect this to, the action, I really want it to play out in almost the style of a kung fu movie. Because it should. Because it's Iron Mm -hmm. Fist. And it's all the kung fu. Well, and that's the history of Iron Fist. You know, it's because of the kung fu movies that we have this Iron Fist character. So definitely, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, this last piece of the Defenders puzzle come together before we get the Defenders series. And I would love to somehow another cross path something out of the Doctor Strange film. Just because they're in kind of near some same region, I would just love a little bit of tie-in somehow or another to the Ancient One or something. 
Dormammu, I've come to bargain? You, well, I don't know about that far, but, you know, to just, you know, they're they're near the same facility. You know, it would be nice to just have something where they were connected without being connected, you know, <laughs> because it's all connected. But they don't oh, necessarily yeah. have to intersect hard. They just have to maybe just brush, feather brush across each mm-hmm. other just a little bit. Well, you know, this isn't the only uh, additional bit of uh, MCU items that we have this week, because yeah. also from the Super Bowl. We got a new teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy. Our first TV spot. And really, I don't think they repeated a whole lot of footage from the previous trailers. They gave us a lot of new stuff. Just who in the hell do you think you are? Well. What's that? He says, welcome to the frickin' Guardians of the Galaxy. Only he didn't use frickin'. Look out! Oh, wow. I tried, guys. Yeah, I think the only thing that's the same was uh, those aliens flying up and kind of being suspended in air from Rocket's gravity gun. Mm-hmm. Which we got to see Rocket shoot him this time. So <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so um, we definitely get to see the new and updated Guardians team, including Yondu and Mantis and even Nebula. Ta-da! Definitely more of what we've come to expect, even more of what we're looking for. And from what I've heard, um, the preview scores that this movie is getting are just passing all expectations. So I am really excited, really looking forward to seeing where they take this and, and seeing if it does tie in with the Avengers movie. Yes, because we're getting close to that. So exactly. welcome to the friggin' Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, I hope that you meant friggin'. Yes, I did. <laughs> but I am Groot. <laughs> There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken! Oh, good! Yeah, uh, you know what? It must be great to be Batman. I'm blushing super hard under the mask. Batman! Pray God. Thanks, Batman! I can only imagine he's going home right now to party the night away, surrounded by friends and lady activewear models. Hey, computer. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Master Bruce, your greatest fear is... Snakes? No. Clouds? No. It's being a part of a family again. No, now it's snake clouds because you put that idea in my head. Sir, you need to take responsibility for your life, and it starts by raising the young orphan you adopted. I thought I was being sarcastic. Hello, sequin camera. We built this city. What? It's the Batcave. Oh, my God. 
my gosh, look, it's the bat sap! Don't touch that. The bat sapling! Don't touch that either. It's the bat kayak! No. Do I get a costume? I love it, but his pants are just a little tight. I got an idea. It's better. I can only look you in the eyes right now. Hi, Batman! No way! Come catch your greatest enemy. Superman is my greatest enemy. Superman's not a bad guy! Then I'd say that I don't currently have a bad guy. I am fighting a few different people. I like to fight around. Hi, Barbara Gordon, new police commissioner. It's my dream for the police force to team up with Batman. What? Wouldn't that be better? I hate everything you just said. Gotcha. Nice. Initialized master building. Got it. Here you go, Batman. Yes, we did it. Pretty cool, huh? Why did you build this thing with only one seat? Because last I checked, I only had one butt. Let's go defeat the Joker. Woo! We're going on a family trip. I can wear my costume, too. Well, luckily for us, you left your costume back. In... Oh, no, under your clothes. That's perfect. <laughs> All right, so it's time finally for my movie review of the Lego Batman movie. Now, from the trailers and the teasers you probably got a certain impression of what this movie was going to be like. Uh, what is your current thought of what the movie is supposed to be like from what you've seen, Eric? Um, it's about uh, Batman dealing with the uh, existential angst of realizing just how lonely you are and trying to avoid the family that you have surrounded yourself with. That is skimming the surface. But, you know, stylistically, you know, it seems, of course, very dark and kind of making fun of the dark. And then I have to always talk like this, you know, that is just the surface level of some of the comedy. And it gets deeper. Surprisingly, this movie had a lot of heart and still had that fun childish whimsy of the original Lego movie. I was stunned of just how much I really enjoyed this movie because I was thinking, well, this will probably be pretty good. It should be pretty funny, you know, but. It, oh my goodness, It once it got going and it dove into those depths, this is finally, you know, like Batman has to deal with all of his issues, you know? Because mm-hmm. let's face it, how crazy do you have to be to be a billionaire and you're still dressing up like a bat, you know? <laughs> because you have, you know, orphan issues. This gets into and deals with some of his inner demons and, and then his problems uh, by introducing some new friends to him. Uh, one being, of course... Richard Grayson, which uh, there is one sort of off-collar joke uh, in there. Overall, this is very, this could have been a G uh, movie. It's not even like violent or anything uh, overall. But there is one kind of joke that probably gave it the PG, uh, where basically when when Bruce Wayne, is, he's not really paying attention so much to Richard Grayson because he's gotten a, lot, a look at Barbara Gordon for the first time and he's kind of in La La Land a little bit. Uh, but through his La La Landness, he accidentally agrees to adopt an orphan because he says, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's not paying attention to what the kid was saying. Uh, but, of course, when he, he introduces himself as Richard Grayson and uh, he says that all the other kids call him Dick. And that's what we expect because Dick is short for Richard. But they make the, make it an off-color joke and it is kind of funny, but I don't think they should have done it. Or Batman does say, well, Bruce Wayne, he's Bruce Wayne at the time. He says to him, well, kids can be cruel. You know, which is, I guess, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the adults in the audience. But Mm -hmm. I I don't think it needed to be there. It it didn't fit the rest of the movie that is very lighthearted and fun and childish in a lot of ways. Uh, But this does really stem from the Lego movie 
where you have all these worlds of Lego. And this is pretty much the same Batman that we saw in there, although there's no mention of this having previously, so it doesn't really work as a sequel. It just seems to be connected in that same universe. Because uh, your overall arching storyline is you've got Batman who's really unable to connect with anybody or have any sort of relationship, being whether a friend or a love relationship or even, dare I say, a hate relationship with the Joker that seems to also be lacking, which it adds even more depth to <laughs> the entire film because he's, he's managed to hurt the Joker's feelings by not hating him. <laughs> and so that was really funny. And they, uh, I don't want to spoil too many surprises, but Joker finds a way to connect the rest of the Lego universes of villains. Uh, so you're going to get to see Voldemort. What? Sauron from Lord of the Rings. What? Gremlins. What? Oh, oh, are you going to leave anything for me to discover? Oh, the, well, these were surprises. Um, I guess I shouldn't say any more of all the other characters he gets in, but he recruits all these Lego characters and from movies. Although some, they never said that the shark was Jaws, but I just, in my head, that was Jaws to me. Uh, and any villains that they don't have a miniature figure of, they just built a villain from, you know, that would be a classic that they could get a hold of. Uh, hmm. This almost turned into a big ad for Lego Dimensions. <laughs> you don't think. Yeah, oh, big time, especially when the Daleks showed up. <laughs> Which, what? Yes! This is why you uh. have to go see this movie, and I'm not trying to spoil anything, but this is why you should go, because all these villains that you get in there is so much fun. And there's, I'm, I gotta, I gotta tell you at least one joke that I love when the Daleks are there. They never call them the Daleks. They just refer to them as those British robots, and, and then break the fourth wall and say, ask your nerdy friends. <laughs> But that's the sort of fun. Uh, but I, I don't want to get in too far on the deep personal issues and Batman, of course, you know, learning something. But let me just say the main theme of this movie, and they didn't grab the Michael Jackson version of the song. But if you go back and hear Michael Jackson's The Man in the Mirror, that's actually what opens the movie is the line. If you want to make a change, take a look at yourself or you know, talk hmm. to the man in the mirror and make the change. And so it's as as from that line goes, you see, it's a very much an internal type of movie about Batman, the egomaniac that we met in the Lego movie, having to uh, take a good look at himself and realizing something needs to change. Something more than darkness, no parents. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a a lot of really good kind of family value that where if, you know, members, if you're an orphan and you don't have the typical traditional family, sometimes you can put together your own by just caring about other people. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of an overall theme about this. And so it's it's Batman learns to not be selfish. And it's a great, great adventure. And it's a great message, a great story. And it's so much fun and so funny. I was completely blown away. I was surprised at just how much fun I actually had with this film. Because it Wonderful. looked like it was going to be silly, but it was really deep. This this is one of the, well, granted, we're very early into the year. But this is so far the best animated movie I've seen this year. I think it might be the only animated movie that I've seen this year in the theater. Because, I mean, you know, I did watch Pinocchio, for, you know, on my Blu-ray. and But that's not a new movie. That's just, on, and Pinocchio, of course, is genius. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> worth your time. Go out and check it out. I know it's not a Disney film, but it's so much fun. To Disney and beyond. Valentine's Day is this Tuesday. I still have no idea what I'm going to get, Heather. But 
<laughs> I'm sure we're not the only couple that has had to struggle with things. In fact, we we have chosen some of our favorite Power Disney and Pixar couples that uh, we think are like the. I, I was thinking when I was thinking of this idea, and I was I was talking to Heather at the time that we were all over breakfast uh, that these would be like the super couples, and in some cases they really are super. But I mean, these are the ones that uh, that really means something to us as fans. Uh, and of course, all right, we can get right out of the way. Kermit and Piggy. I mean, goodness sakes, that's that's been a weird on and off that's gone on for what thirty years or more, uh, forty years probably. Forty years now. And <laughs> yeah. and and last time we saw, we were left on a cliffhanger, so we don't even know if they're back together. <laughs> right, because the show got canceled. And I'm not even sure if we're going to get another Muppet movie because I guess the uh, most one didn't do as well as expected. But I'm sure we'll see them again eventually. We just don't know. And and we know that the Muppets are currently at uh, Disney World, so right. I'm sure we're going to see much more coming from them still in the future. Right. But, you know, you can't talk about Disney power couples without the main mouse and oh, yes. her boyfriend. <laughs> yes, and her boyfriend. <laughs> Minnie and Mickey. Yes, of course. Now, although, something a little shady going on here. Now, they've been together, what, like 80 years has it been mm-hmm. that long? Uh, and I don't see no ring. What's up with that? <laughs> Mickey, you got some commitment issues. You need to go work yeah. on that. And maybe Minnie needs to, you know, talk to Beyonce about that ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like it, you should put a ring on it. Next, <laughs> there you go. The same almost goes through for our next one. Well, and, and that's true. I was just going to say, but, you know, Mickey and Minnie's story, how better can you tie that up than... Wayne Allwine and Sarusi Taylor, you know, the respective voices for Mickey and Minnie who themselves got married. Right. And they have always been the nice, sweet, perfect, happy couple. Nothing ever seems to go wrong except for when Mickey's brain gets swapped with a giant monster. (laughs) (laughs) Which is still a great cartoon. (laughs) Oh, I love Runaway Brain. But yeah, you're right. They're not the only power couple because coming in right after Mickey and Minnie, though, are Donald and Daisy. Yes, and they're they're the more realistic couple because they fight. <laughs> you know, with, <laughs> with these new uh, shorts that have come out within the past couple of years, I'm not crazy about all of them, but one of my favorites is the one where Mickey and Minnie, who are the two lovebirds, try <laughs> to get Daisy and Donald to get together, or to, you know, at least be nice to each other. Yeah. And, you know, the, the refrain through that is bicker, bicker, quack, quack. <laughs> yeah. Between those two. <laughs> Yeah, but that they're happy being able to bicker with each other. So that that's the theme of that one. It was fun. It's like that's the way the relationship works. Exactly. Uh, and and it's not just in that short, it's going back to, you know, the very first appearance of Daisy and Don Donald and you know <laughs> how she acts when they go out on dates in those old shorts. So yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I even remember one the, where she finally gets fed up and she threatens to break up with him if he doesn't learn to control his temper. I remember that one. That was a good one. She lets him have it. Just reads him the riot act. It was good. Only for herself to lose her temper at the end of that. (laughs) Right. And she tears up the place. It's a great one. But, you know, looking back, you know, to that time period in in the time of the shorts, I'm sure you remember the package features like uh, Make My Music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there were all sorts of couples in there. You know, you've got... Pecos Bill and Slewfoot Sue. You've got uh, the main characters of the Hatfields and the McCoys. But, you know, in Make My Music, um, the the premier couple, I think, would have to be Johnny Fedora and Alice Blue Bonnet. Definitely. I mean, that, that, that cartoon will make you cry. 
Oh, definitely. Not that I'm saying I have, but maybe I did. (laughs) But, you know, to to have wanted to be together and separated through forces outside of their control to come so close to being together again, only to lose each other again. And to, at the very end, after everything, to find each other. On a horse. (laughs) On a a pair of horses. pair of horses. Oh, and this is the one that'll, when you hear the Andrew sisters sing, toodalay, toodalay, you know, you'll you'll, you'll tear up just Mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, And if you've never seen it, uh, try finding it on YouTube. uh, Either that or just find yourself a copy of Make Mine Music. It is such a wonderful piece. And I actually even have a storybook version of this story. But it's not it's not as good to hear the storybook without hearing the Andrews sisters singing the song to you and telling you the story. Oh, uh, definitely. One of my absolute favorites. <laughs> oh, but a bigger favorite? Yeah. I mean, I'm only saying a bigger favorite because when I first saw this movie, I think I watched it three times in a row when we rented this, this VHS. Lady and the Tramp. Great. Bella Notte. Yes, I mean this. This is the ultimate of opposites attract. This the funny thing is, I watch this movie now and I see it mirroring Heather and I because she's, you know, she's probably smarter than I am. She's got her degree. She's a teacher and everything. And I'm this. Y'all know me. I'm this weird goofball. And you should have seen. I've, I've had times of long hair. I am a complete opposite when you just look at appearance. Uh, we're just more alike on the inside than than what we appear on the outside. We are, are literally Lady and the Tramp. But if anyone else calls her Tramp, I'll rip their lungs out. Okay, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm clearly the Tramp one. I, it was a Batman reference. I had to do it. Come on, it was a Lego Batman name. I know, name. I know. <laughs> so, but oh, this movie, I just absolutely loved it. I, I mean, we rented it. I watched it as many times as I could before we, we brought it back. Then they had, remember when you were in elementary school and you'd have those uh, book order forms where you could order all these different books from a Scholastic or whatever? Oh, Yeah. I ordered myself a copy. I I had had just enough change I had saved up from wherever to buy myself a copy of that book, and I read that book multiple times. Mm -hmm. I wish I still had it because it was a great little book. It even had the lyrics to all the songs in it. Short little book and everything, but oh – it was, it, 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 I mean, and I think it had a few pictures from the film, but I mean, this was like a novel style book. Uh, it wasn't like super thick. It was still something for a kid to read, but mm. uh, I, oh, golly, I read that thing so many times. I just absolutely adore that movie and golly, I haven't watched it in a while. I got a Blu-ray. I'm going to have to go pull it out. <laughs> so yeah. Of course, now the next thing on the list is one of the ones that I put down to justify myself, but I'm sure you could justify these two. Oh Yeah. Well, go ahead. Oh, I was waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got our two favorite mice from the Rescue Aid Society. Yeah, our two favorite mice other than Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Bernard and Bianca, yay! Yeah, it's wonderful to see their relationship develop in the Rescuers and to see a continuation of that in the Rescuers Down Under. Oh, and such yep. great casting because you got Jean-Jacques... Oh, no, it's Ava Gabor, I think, in this yes. one. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, the great... Um, Bob Newhart. Yes. Wow, my brain just went out the window for a second. And just, just perfectly, almost kind of being the characters you expect them to be as playing these roles. They're just mm-hmm. so endearing, the two of them. And mm-hmm. then gets you know, when they say suddenly, suddenly Bernard finds himself working with with Bianca, and he's just so shy about it. And then going on this adventure to go help Little Penny. Uh, in the first one, uh, I love the original Rescuers. The the second one, Rescuers Down Under, is good, but I I love the original one much more. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I, I do like Rescuers Down Under because it does show Bernard finally becoming assertive and mm-hmm. you know, speaking up for himself. You know, Miss Bianca, right from the very beginning, she's very self-assured and confident and uh, knows exactly what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Very but, true. Yeah, de- definitely a wonderful couple. And, and again, a good way to see that relationship develop over time. Yes, indeed. You know, uh, my my next uh, example, actually, we don't get to see them as a couple very much. Yeah, not till the end of the movie. <laughs> exactly. I chose Nora and Paul from Pete's Dragon, the original Pete's Dragon. Yeah, so we've got to clarify that. <laughs> mm-hmm. As you may recall, Nora was uh, the daughter of Lampy. You know, she helped run the lighthouse, and she had that wonderful song, Candle on the Water, about her love for Paul and mm-hmm. wanting to be a beacon to him and, you know, doing everything she could to make sure that uh, she was there for him, to, that he knew that, or Paul knew that he could rely on her as he, you know, overcame whatever it was that kept him from coming back to Passamaquoddy to return yeah. to her. And just yeah. a wonderful song. Yeah, and she was definitely more faithful than Buttercup in The Princess Bride because, well, but I mean, granted, Buttercup was faithful, but she just kind of found herself in, in a situation with the whole Humperdinck thing. But, you know, you could take that as a mark against her, but she was unwilling to go along. You know? Right, and, and and she had her own little plan the night of the wedding anyway. Right, so. to kill herself. So, yeah. well, she's still very faithful. But, you know, Nora, who knows how long she was waiting for Paul to come back, not knowing if he was even alive. And, right. Oh, and still carrying that candle, literally, for him to come back. So, it's a good choice on there. <laughs> well, I like your next choice. Yes, my next choice. This is my overall, my number one favorite Disney princess. Because she's the first time I think I saw a Disney princess that actually could make me laugh. Mm. Ariel and Eric. Mm-hmm. What about me? Oh, not you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't. You, I'm sure you married very well, but you didn't get Ariel. Uh, you're talking about Prince Eric, then. Prince Eric, yes. Uh, you know, and it's not just my thing for redheads that I do have to have. Or Heather always gets me for, you know, you'd like me better if I had red hair. I'm like, well, you know, there is hair dye. But no, I'm kidding, totally. Uh, but not really. No, but really. <laughs> anyway, so Ariel is, the reason why I think she's my favorite of being the funniest is when she loses her voice. And if you got that last Blu-ray release and they show the woman who was giving them... Um, Oh, uh, you know, their model, you know, for for Ariel's movements and some of the facial expressions that this woman gave. Sherry Stoner? Uh, But this woman did a wonderful job for presenting some character to Ariel to where Ariel has these great expressions as she's trying to communicate without being able to to speak when she finally gets to actually have a face to face with Prince Eric Uh, and her other mistakes of, you know, learning a fork. It's not a comb. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, all her, her little mistakes of learning her way around the human world. She's very endearing. Uh, and then Eric, it it took me a while to warm up to Eric and everything. Uh, he's, he just kind of seems like, well, he's just kind of there. But uh, he really right. steps up there in the end. You know, he's he's thrown into this situation when suddenly, you know, he out, comes out of the spell. He's been under the spell from the sea witch. And then he finds out, oh, my gosh, Ariel is not human. She's a mermaid. And, but he mm-hmm. dives right in to go and help. Uh, in the situation she's gotten herself into. Uh, so you got to give some points to Eric, not to mention that he's also voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes, who later was Spider-Man in the animated series in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you not get any better than that? Come on. It's like, it's like the weird thing is, you know, you got Peter Parker and Mary Jane, you know, the redhead. And oh, look, we did it again. Eric and Ariel. <laughs> hey, look, you know, got to go for the redhead. See? Well, there you go. I, it's well, a justification. My... Oh, Definitely. <laughs> 
Well, my next couple, you know, this has been my favorite Disney movie, period. Yes. Um, it came out my junior year of high school. I can't believe that's how old I am now. But, you know, the, the thing that really struck me is, you know, the line from the movie, who could ever learn to love a beast? Oh, and I love that way that line is delivered. It gives me tingles. Oh, yes. A beast. Just oh. L and the Beast, whose name has never been confirmed as Prince Adam, I might point out. Right, because Prince Adam is actually He-Man, not the Beast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, still that Belle being able to, you know, sure, you may say it's Stockholm Syndrome. Who knows? But It's you know, not. The fact that she was able to overcome the Beast's faults and see mm-hmm. the humanity behind him. Right. Um, I don't know. Something about that just really struck me at that time in my life. And it's just, again, it's always been my favorite Disney movie and my favorite Disney couple. Yeah. And that's one of the things that makes me nervous for a live action because I love that movie so much that I got, you know, they have to do it perfect for this live action Mm -hmm. or I'm just going to, ah. And I was looking on Facebook. I got some good uh, feedback on my review of that last trailer from uh, our good buddy Jeff. Um, And. I guess it doesn't show when other people post at the group to me all the time, uh, and I can't seem to find it. But uh, he uh, he says he's not quite as worried, but this is one of his absolute favorites. And so I'm hoping for both our sakes and, and for yours as well, Eric, that mm-hmm. this is going to blow us away the same way the movie did when we first saw it. And uh, this is also, oh my goodness, I love that the musical expanded on the beast character and gave him oh, a yeah. great song of, you know, if I can't love her, where you, you, you get a little bit more of the Ernold Timoil of what's going on for him. Uh, such a great song when I first hear, heard it. And just, I, I really hope that song has made its way into the live action movie because it does give so much depth to the beast to show, you know, that he knows that he's got problems. He knows that he's, that he's wrong and, and, and what he does. And he that, that he just needs to learn to change, and it's just so hard to do it. So you get to see a little bit of the soul of the beast behind the the exterior and the anger that he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, just oh, I'm 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 excited and terrified for this upcoming live action movie at the same time. <laughs> well, you know, I know the next couple on our list we're going to be seeing really soon too. Yes, and if I do get too terrified, perhaps they will come to my rescue because da, da, they're da, da, da. Bob and Helen Parr, a, a true super couple. The Incredibles. Of course, I always call her Mrs. Incredible, you know, when I when dealing with like on Disney Infinity with the figures and everything. I never think of her as Helen. It's it's mm-hmm. Mrs. Incredible now, but I guess she's technically Elastigirl in amongst the, the team there. But I mean this I love that the fact that this is a realistic couple that we get to see them in their younger days and they're all flirty and learning to be more flexible. Flexible? <laughs> yes. Uh, but then we get to see them as parents, you know, trying to raise a family together and, you know, having some difficulties. And uh, But what really makes this a good power couple is the the what what Helen is capable of, really, when she goes really to his rescue. But she doesn't realize she's rescuing him. You know, it's like, you know, either he's in trouble or he's going to be, you know, and she's rushing headlong and really cool spy stuff the way she breaks into the place. And then also mm-hmm. you get to see Bob when he thinks his family's been taken away from him and they've been killed. Uh, it's just how he's just lost everything. And I, I love the conversation they have at the end where he says, well, you keep trying to pick a fight, but I'm just happy you're alive. 
I, their, their relationship, but just you can you can you can sense the deepness of their relationship with their their conversation and all the stuff they go through, and I just I love it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more uh, out of these two in the next oh, film. Definitely, definitely. You know the the next couple on the list. Um, I think we got they gave us the silent treatment a little bit. <laughs> sort of. They there are uh, very few words. Very few words. Just uh, even <laughs> Wally. Exactly. Oh, uh, you know how how much of a relationship can you really have between a pair of robots? Well, apparently enough to you know have Wally go across the galaxy to find Eve. <laughs> yeah, and by the end to make you almost cry if you didn't completely cry when you thought Wally was lost. Yeah. Uh, oh, a little goodness. one little spark of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who's seen the movie, you'll get the ending, right? Okay, the spark, you know. Come on, that's funny. That's good stuff right there. I don't care who you are, that's funny. <laughs> but and, and to see Eve, you know, give up, you know, the the one thing paramount on her mind, she knew how to bring him back. She knew how to um, you know, find the ways to repair and restore him without knowing for sure if it actually would be Wally coming back. Right. And I mean, goodness, it's just some great scenes when you, you see when she's got her plant and she's on shutdown mode and all the things Wally does to try to look after her and spend time with her. Uh, and I love when she gets to play back the video and gets to see all of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then of course the wonderful scene of them kind of flying around in space, uh, having oh, fun. Yeah. Just some beautiful scenes in there. And really, like, I think I've said this before. Wally, to me, some people take it as an environmental message. I take that as a robot teaches humans how to be human again. Exactly. That's, exactly. I mean, he's the most human character in there. And even even teaches Eve how to be more human. Teaches every, every, every robot he comes across, every human he comes across, he teaches something. Uh, exactly. It's just a oh, great couple. Mm. Well, I do like our next couple, though. Get your tissues out. Now, this couple, uh, you're pretty much done with them in the first 10 minutes of the movie, but they're, well, it's, it's, I don't know if their story necessarily continues, but their story of the first 10 minutes carries you through the rest of the film in Up, and we're talking about Carl and Ellie Fredrickson. Uh, my goodness, because you get to see them meet his children and establish that you, you, you like the character. They've charmed you already. But then when you get to see them grow up together and married and have a life together, and I don't know why, but I always picture in my scene, it just seems wonderful when they're watching the window and they just smile at each other. Something mm-hmm. just so simple. I love that. And and, and it's, it's things like that that you're ready to cry when you, you, you get the obvious with no dialogue whatsoever. But they're being told that they can't have any children. And you, you cry with them already. And it's like, wow, we just got started with this movie. But it, it helps you understand Carl to where you're you're really with him, even though he acts like a curmudgeon the whole time. And Up is not one of the greatest Pixar movies. The story isn't that great. But you're willing to go with Carl because he's been so endeared and you want him to some way succeed. And by the time he gets to that point where he looks at the finally flips back to the back of the book and has a little note from Ellie, which I won't say what it says, just in case for some reason you have not seen this movie. That boy, that really ties a knot on it right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and really, it, it, it'll teach you a lot about life and marriage and about what commitment is really like and the adventure of life. We'll just put it like that. You think mm-hmm. you want some maybe grand adventure, and that's all fine and good, but something we'll also learn from It's a Wonderful Life. You may be having the grandest adventure of all time and not realizing it because you're so focused on the things you want to build and see and do. So, well, definitely. Oh, great yep, message, that movie. Exactly. And in that 10 minutes, while the downs are the emphasis – 
you do get the highs. You do get the good mm-hmm. things in life in there as well. Yes. Oh, so much like life. All right, but we got to move on to another couple, which this is one of the ones that I had added onto the list, but you get to talk about. But I'll throw in, of course, when, you, <laughs> when you're done. <laughs> well, you know, when, when you get a brigand and a <laughs> lost princess together. And they never get his nose right, though. No, they don't. And she likes frying pans a little too much. <laughs> but she never cooks anything with him. <laughs> this is true. Of course, we are talking about Rapunzel and Flynn Rider, also known as Eugene. Yep. Oh, I love these two. They're just fun. All at once. Yes. It's almost like the ultimate buddy movie because they kind of go on an adventure together uh, and, you know, have a little romance that kind of surprises both of them, I think. Mm-hmm. I oh, mean, definitely. It really, because you can see it start to go around the, the campfire and everything, but, you know, when you see, at last I see the light, to have a, a change because Rapunzel has achieved what she wanted and now she's able to notice, oh, yeah, there's this pretty decent guy he was a little rough around the edges that she's been journeying with and Flynn finally gets over himself and sees Mm -hmm. wow you know she's really great you know (laughs) and then as soon as they kind of realize that they they might love each other to have the villain Mother Gothel come in and screw it all up and begin the the dark part of the story right after (laughs) oh yeah oh that's that's what's one of my favorites of the modern era of Disney is is Tangled. It's and I'm looking so forward to this animated series and having more. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm really a big fan actually of uh, the voice of Flynn being uh, Chuck from my favorite TV show of pretty much of all time. Zach Levi, yeah, just you know, he does a great job voicing this character. And this is where I first learned out that he really can sing pretty good. And you have mm-hmm. to because you got, you know I'm not a big Mandy Moore fan, but she sings really good. So to be able to do a duet with her and, and to carry his own, it showed that he's got some acting and singing chops himself. So mm-hmm. great oh, movie, definitely. much better than Frozen. And much as I, I do love Moana, I got to watch it a second time this week. Tangled still better. <laughs> <laughs> but Moana is definitely better than Frozen to me, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. Oh, definitely. I think we've got a good list of power couples here. But, you know, Neverlanders, what do you think? Was there anybody we missed? Is there anybody you think we should have talked about? Why don't you chime yeah. in and let us know? Considering that we had a very long list and we had to chop it down. <laughs> we'd have been at another three-hour show if we talked about every Disney couple. So we had to get like the creme de la creme. And some of these were really rough for me to cut away, I'll tell you. Oh, definitely. Some of them I was more like, you know, get a foot out the door. He's like, you're you're boring, you know. Like Snow White <laughs> and her prince who has one song and that's all he's good for and he's gone. Like, he's the lamest prince ever. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes. And I always, I I do love the movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I do love it. And it is charming. It's wonderful. It's great. But I always, I have to make fun of that every time that when he shows up, he's really just there to sing one song. And you only have one song. And it's almost meta, you know, because exactly, mm-hmm. you really only have one song. And that's all you do, you know. So <laughs> Heather hates it when I do that, though. <laughs> I can't help it. It's me. Uh, oh, we've got a review, though, this week. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yes, from Bill Kerr of the Adventure Fit podcast. I think it's Adventure Fit Radio. These are, this is a fun little podcast if you're into uh, stuff like CrossFit and stuff like that. If you're big into fitness, these are two Australian guys that are going to talk you know, fitness, and they get different guests. Uh, I listened to an episode. They actually had a had a stunt woman for Sif in the original Thor movie come in and talk oh. about her her stunt work that she's done and her workout regimen and stuff like that. Really cool Mm -hmm. stuff. But they gave me a review 
Uh, and they said, great show, really enjoyed it. So, very simple review, five stars. That's all I would even ask of you. If you have not reviewed us on iTunes, feel free to do us. And even if you can't think of something great to say, just something some short as this. Great show, really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. It's It makes me feel good to know that you're enjoying the show out there. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.